This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. It's the weekend. So relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right. It's the Saturday Story Circle. Here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 4. An hour later, the red panda stood on a high ledge and stared down into a black void, his brow knitted in concentration. Normally, the experimental lenses he had fitted into his mask would cut through the darkness, but a heavy fog had rolled in over downtown, rendering the streets below invisible even to his eyes. He frowned. Perhaps he could work out a secondary function— perhaps one that would detect temperature fluctuations like the radiant heat of a human body, something to work on when he had the time. He smiled grimly at the thought. One thing he had not been overburdened with since he launched his war on crime was excessive amounts of spare time. To his right, hanging almost over his shoulder, was a jutting gargoyle in the shape of a pouncing lion, Wrapped around the lion's neck was a thick loop of heavy wire, within which there hung a strange device, like a miniature winch. The red panda looked at it from the corner of his eye. He had checked it twice and was determined not to check it again. He stared down, out into the blackness, looking for any sign, any signal, any movement. Nothing. Another half-minute passed. He glanced at the winch. Maybe he could check it one more time. From far below, he heard a muffled cry of surprise suddenly cut short. That would be the flying squirrel making her dramatic entrance. There was a moment of silence, followed by what might have been a large object, like a body upsetting some trash cans at great velocity. A smirk began to play about his face, but was quickly erased by the ringing of two pistol shots echoing up the steel canyons to his ears. Instantly, his hand reached for his grapple gun. It was already poised to fire at the rooftop across the street when he paused, his finger tight upon the trigger. She'd be upset if he came riding to the rescue. She hated to be upstaged, and he knew she sometimes felt he didn't trust her abilities. It wasn't true, but he undermined that argument if he didn't wait. He stood frozen, his ears straining to hear any clue over the drone of the city. At last he could just make out the sound of a grapple gun firing. The echoes playing between the buildings made it impossible to guess where it was fired from, but she knew where he was waiting. He didn't have long to wait. A split second later he could just make out the form of a bolt, stripped of its grapple, emerging from the fog at tremendous velocity, trailing a thin cable behind. A red-gloved hand snapped out and caught it in mid-air. He smiled. He hadn't even had to move his feet. Her targeting was so precise. Not bad for a shot in the dark. The hands moved quickly. He detached the cable and fed it through the winch hanging around the gargoyle's neck. He fitted a small container of compressed gas to a nozzle built into the winch, turned a safety valve, and flipped a toggle beside it. 
The mechanism within the device fired with explosive force and spun the cable through the winch at rocket-powered speed. He turned to watch the cable playing up from the darkness below. Over the grinding of the gears, he could clearly hear a sound that brought a smile to his face. It was a man's cowardly shriek, almost hysterical with fear. All at once, the screaming man rolled up from the looming fog bank below, racing feet first into the sky. He bit his lip to keep from laughing. She had hogtied their quarry by the ankles. If there was anything worse than dangling over downtown, it was doing it upside down. And hitching a ride into the sky, balanced atop the soles of the terrified gangster's feet as she held the rope in one hand, was the flying squirrel, looking just as pleased as Punch. She sang loudly and tunelessly at the sight of the approaching rooftop, and at the last moment threw herself backwards out into the open expanse between the buildings. She arched her back and rolled, firing her static shoes to propel her still higher and away from the building, and with a smooth motion born of long practice unfurled the gliding membranes on her costume, rolling up and over through the air. He tried not to watch her as she looped down to him in lazy circles. The winch had pulled its cargo to the very top, and the red panda smoothly detached the spent gas canister, slipping it back into the folds of his long coat. She landed atop the gargoyle just above him and settled down into a crouch, like an animal ready to pounce. He glanced up quickly. She was beaming her broad, slightly crazed smile in every direction. Hi she said, with a casualness that neither of them quite believed. Hello, he said, with a concentration on his task that neither of them quite believed either. He pulled the cable taut and pressed the final switch on the winch. The cable was instantly welded in a tight loop around the gargoyle, cutting the bulk of the cord free with the winch, which he returned to his pocket. He looked up. She hadn't moved. Nor had the smile. Did you miss me? she grinned, still racing with adrenaline. I was starting to feel decidedly stood up, he said casually. Me, she said, lowering her chin a little and locking eyes with him. Never. A very small pause hung in the air. Neither of them moved. She did this from time to time, and he could never quite decide if she was teasing him or just watching for a reaction. He could also never quite decide just what reaction she was watching for and just what she might do if she ever saw it. In any case, getting into a staring contest with a man whose night vision mask lenses made his eyes appear completely blank was generally not a winning proposition. Her cheeks flushed brightly under her cowl, and she turned away, just a little. The momentary spell was broken, and both masked heroes became aware of a sputtering, gasping sound not three feet away. Their guest had stopped screaming when his skyward progress had halted, but he was clearly still incoherent with fear. He spun slowly, counterclockwise, high above the streets he had so recently been strutting down. His eyes were wide and staring. The small, bleating sounds that spilled from his lips could not be described as words, but their meaning was clear. He was begging for mercy. His spinning slowed and finally stopped. Clyde Darby, the man in the mask intoned, all levity now forgotten, your many sins have caught up with you at last. The time has come to settle your account. 
Darby's gurglings became higher in pitch. He began to sputter. Here was something he feared more than the sixteen-story drop to the pavement below. We can do this the easy way or the hard way, Darby, the red panda said gravely. Behind him, the girl on the gargoyle grinned a vicious smile. Please choose the hard way, she said sweetly. Clyde Darby began to sob. This is Jack Ward, and from every one of us here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times. Please follow the scientific and medical experts' advice, and we'll always be here for you daily at Mutual.